to the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Tony Best all the way through the Cheltenham Festival 2021 because it is underway. Uh, Dermo is not hosting today, it's myself Dean Ryan, but Dermo is here, Dermo. I most certainly am Dean, absolutely thrilled not to be in that uh, that host seat of yours. Yeah, it, it, can be, it can be a tricky spot but I must say I've enjoyed the last two days pods and I haven't been on them so... Normally, I wouldn't listen back to myself, but I listened to you guys, so that was good fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Stephen Cass and uh, and David Weldon were absolutely great sports, as always, and just a, a pleasure to have them on. And and just be careful there as well, Dean. There's a bit of scratchiness coming from, from your microphone, I'd say. It's, uh, it, it's gotten that lovely shirt here, as I'd say, is it? I wish I was wearing a lovely shirt. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today today has been tough it's day three of the Cheltenham Festival and um well we've been treated to some some cracking racing but you got to start at one place and that was uh Envoir Allen. I think everybody is um I don't know what the what the the, the phrase is but it was kind of like oh no because we all wanted to see Envoy Allen do the business and I'm sure loads of people had accumulators running on from all the various hot pots that have gone in during the week and it just happened so early that then the race took a completely different shape. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. My older brother is a bit of a veteran of Cheltenham. He doesn't pay much attention to horse racing, but he does the Cheltenham every single year. And he put up in our group last night and said, lads, I take it handy tomorrow. The bookmakers have got have been pummeled and there's always one day where it comes back to them. And he's not wrong. There is always one day, isn't there, at Cheltenham there where... Yep. It's just whatever it is written in the stars that it all seems to to completely conspire against everyone. And, and that was that. I mean, uh, Jack Kennedy sat as quiet as he always does on him. He did absolutely nothing wrong. And you could just see Envoy just was too keen to kind of, you know, to jump and just went way too early. And he just, you know, you don't get away with that at Cheltenham. But what nearly impressed me a small bit was he's, he's so clever, Dean. He nearly found a leg, which he, he, he'd no right to at all. You know, like he, he should have ended up on his head, but he nearly found a leg. It's heartbroken, heartbreaking for most of us who would have had that uh, that golden trio um, all season. Um, but look, Envoy Allen, he's fine. He's up, he walks away, and um, a 1-2 for Nicky Henderson was um, was quite nice for him too, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. And Nicky was very keen on, on Chantry House coming into this. He made it very clear it was the first string over Fusa Raffles, and that's how it turned out. What was remarkable about the race, not that Asteria and Falange finished, but finished third, was it was Harry Skelton's decision that this was a one-mile handicap, and, and off he went. Uh, pretty brave stuff from the front. And unfortunately, Chamblou, it does definitely does stay further than that at Cheltenham. That's very tough to set those kind of fractions. Oh God, of course, yeah. No, um, I'd say if Harry Skelton could could get that back again, he most certainly would uh, would do something different. Well, it was one back for the British then with uh, Chantry House, and as you said, a one-two for Nicky Henderson. Uh, Ireland were back on top though in the next race, and our long-term fancy uh, Dermo the Bosses Oscar ran a super race under Jordan Gainford, but Mrs Milner was a class apart. An absolute class apart because I thought Jordan Gainford took the the nice safe route around. Um, thought he was on the best horse and the flooring porter afterwards kind of nearly backed that up but mrs milner showed an awful lot that day when on the blind side just got the better of her over christmas looking back at it now you're like you know she she should have been an each way punt and um 
she that was like she was really impeded um tree out i mean brian cooper had to completely stop riding but brian cooper said afterwards it might have actually worked to his benefit because it meant that you know he had to take a bit more time on her and just the way she came home dean there wasn't a horse in that field no matter what happened that was going to beat her was there yeah, no, completely, completely, completely agree. Um, just one horse class apart and five length victory was very well deserved. Um, let's talk about, before we do get to the stairs, and you mentioned Florin Porter. I mean, that was a fantastic performance. But Alaho, a horse that we've never warmed to on this podcast. Um, I tell you what, Rachel Blackmore was was brave at the right clock and ahead, and they just slammed the Ryan Airfield, didn't they? Had them all in trouble early, early doors. Yeah, we haven't been a fan of this horse on this podcast. Um, we really have not, and we haven't been particularly kind to him at times, but he never really gave us a reason to either. But uh, no. That was phenomenal. Um, I mean, the first time they tried to jump off, Mellon was going to try and go up there with them. And the second time, uh, obviously, from the standing start, Brian Cooper just kind of didn't get out. But it didn't matter. You know, Brian Cooper tried about twice after the, the second and third fence to get up there with Alaho. And he, he, there was no making up that ground at all. You know, Min, who's as, as hardy as they come, um, Alaho broke his heart and the horses coming from behind like they might have gained a small bit late on but that was kind of like um, you know that the 2000 guineas that uh, Frankel won of course they closed late on you know yeah. the race was over and um, Alaho it just reminded me of Denman Dean it was just a freakish performance and uh, my good god they have some horse in their hands I'd love him now in a King George to try that that would be absolutely something else altogether yeah, because the tank normally starts to empty around the two mile seven mark with Alaho. And so King George maybe just get home on that and that Kempton uh, around that Kempton track. And that would definitely be the spot you would imagine. A fantastic, uh, another winner for uh, Rachel Blackmore and another one for Willie Mullins in Ireland. Fakir Dideris ran a very solid race in second and tor- Tornado Flyer and then Kalashnikov, best of the British, uh, staying on in behind, I thought, ran a big, big crack and run from him, yeah. Blown, blown apart and uh, and just by a very, very good horse. So we'll give it the credit it deserves. Alaho, now talk to me about um, Danny Mullins and Gavin Cromwell with Flooring Porter because that is the boss's Oscar's form, albeit slam boss's Oscar before. Uh, it's just slammed the stayers hurdle field um, with a, just a no-nonsense try and catch me ride. I remember saying to Keith Dunhu on the bookmaker's blog, I said, like, do you think had Jack maybe rode a bit closer to Florian Porter, would he have um, have won that race? And all Keith Dunhu said was, oh, not a hope. He, he said Jack couldn't get near him. Uh, Florian Porter has been a phenomenal improvement. Uh, Gavin Cromwell is an amazing trainer. And um, as I didn't realize that was Danny Mullins' first ever Shelton winner as well, which is unbelievably sweet for him. But saying that, poor old Johnny Moore, I mean... Uh, to get a fall on Monday and to be ruled out today is yeah. just so unbelievably harsh for how involved in this horse's progress that that jockey was. Um, but still, they have a horse. They have a horse there now who um, who will be involved all all the way going forward and from now on. So uh, they have a serious horse to go to war with. But I have to just say, I I was devastated for him. But Dean, that was yeah. devastating. Absolutely devastating. It was a fantastic performance and. And just backed up all that improvement it had shown for a year, which was almost tough to believe. But in the context of the result, you got Cider Burley, two attempts um, in the past two seasons, run the right horse in second. Paisley Park's run its race. And yep. the only one that's missing from the division was Time Hill, really. And, uh, you know, considering how close that's finished to Paisley Park, Florent Porter may well have beat that as well. It's hard to know. Yeah, and the storyteller in fifth adds more credence as well to it. You know, yeah. as in, like, yep. that's a very solid yardstick there in fifth. So, no, like, I think that that is strong form. But you might have to reevaluate tomorrow now and start looking for a few of these uh, front runners because they are tending to kind of 
get away from the field this week, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it can happen at Cheltenham, especially when the ground is um, as perhaps as it is right now. It can certainly happen. And that was a fantastic way. Well done to Danny Mullins, Gavin Cromer, and, uh, and, and the class out there is Johnny Moore as well. It was very complimentary about, I think it was his suggestion to throw Danny on top when he knew he couldn't ride and, and they'd go and win the race. And that's exactly what they did. So well done uh, to them, guys. All right. Well, look, that was uh, day three and the highlights, um, of course. And after this break, we're going to talk about the final day, Gold Cup Day, at the Cheltenham Festival 2021. You're listening to the Race Hour Podcast in association with bookmakers.co.uk. Brought to you by Tony Bet for Cheltenham Festival 2021. Cheltenham 21 on the Race Hour. Brought to you by Tony Bet. Okay, and welcome back to the Race Hour Podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, Tony Bet all the way through the Cheltenham Festival 2021. Right, it's on to day four, Demo. It's gone by in a bit of a blink of an eye. Uh, that didn't mean that to rhyme. But um, so Demo and myself, Dean, right? Now, the Triumph is the opening race, Demo. We've been uh, keen on Zana here all year for it, I guess. I I don't think you're for changing, are you? No, no, no. And look, Dean, at um, at 5-4, to four, that is the right price now. And I think he'll... I think he'll take an awful lot of stopping. I, I mean, for him to, to have been three to one, eleven to four, when we were doing the last few podcasts, I think that yeah. is the, uh, the price of the festival. He takes an awful lot of stopping. Tritonic now is probably around the right price, around eleven to four. It was um, favourite after the you know the recency bias, as you called it, after winning the Adonis. But there are a couple of unexposed types in here. Horton Colour got a good mention at our preview night. Uh, Adagio has to have improved ever since Duffelcoat uh, beat it earlier on the season. And Quilixalos, I try and say that fast. And um, for Henry de Bromhead now, Rachel Blackmore. I mean, the race got a little bit more depth, I think, than an 11 to 10 favourite, perhaps, in, in Zana here. But um, I do think it'd take all the beating. Tongue tie goes on, Demo. That's an interesting move. It is, it is. But, like, even the uh, the Fred Winter, I mean, the, uh, the first and second were absolutely smashed out of the park by by Zana here, which kind of leads you to the assertion that, uh, that mm. the Irish juveniles are, are well clear of the English juveniles. So I think Zana here to beat uh, Quilixios home is the forecast, I think. Yep, I just wonder whether Tritonic will. Um, I know the form in behind uh, is probably worth very little. Visually, looks super, super good. It is a chance. I don't think Santa here is quite right at eleven to ten, but I do think he's the most likely winner. So uh, make of that what you will. Uh, what comes up next is the county um, demo. We, we've had a fancy for this for a long time. Um, how do you how do you make uh, what do you make of the race now? It's a serious race. Um, so. I have two backed anti posts that I don't. I'm not overly massive on, um. So I've ended up with four in a team. So uh, cha- enough. Champagne Gold, obviously, I put up a few weeks ago, and David Mullins was so keen, so I backed it. Then you raised me up because of uh, a Paddy's preamble that I just ended up backing it as well. But the yeah. two on the day that I fancy <coughs> is still fifty ball. I just think that that uh, that performance in the Betfair was unbelievable, and uh, whilst the favor, whilst the winner did let it down, that was in a a supreme i've forgiven that it's very different running a handicap off of 135 oh, yeah. so 50 ball has absolutely every chance and i won just at huge odds that i just think is an absolutely massive price under brian cooper is um at 66 to 1 is getaway gorgeous um ran last time behind um have heaven help us at leperstown went 10th uh, looked to be traveling really well and just kind of went out like a light i think the ground cut her out that day but there's serious form um in a very very near miss um, on her handicap debut at Listole when she went down by a short head to drop the anchor. Um, so 66 to 1 about getaway gorgeous. Just, you know, Willie Mullins has had a few freakish results in these handicaps and of 10 stone 7, I don't think she's out of this at all. And 66 to 1 on her just seems huge. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, Willie Mullins doesn't put him on the boat for the for the uh, for the fresh air. Certainly, in this current Cheltenham um, getaway gorgeous is a massive price. I only need one demo, fifty baller wins. It's been very straightforward, and uh, and a mark of one three five, nowhere near where that one's going to end up. Hopefully, and uh, I think just that final flight saddle slip against Soar and Glory uh, maybe has put a few people off and how far it was beaten that day. But fifty baller come forward, six year old Gary Moore, Joshua Moore, fourteen to one currently. The price is too big. And the Albert Bartlett follows that demo. Um, I'm still super keen on Adramel. Only ever faced defeat in a Cheltenham bumper. And this is a very different test to that, of course. Just shy of three miles for the field. Richard Johnson, Tom Lacey. A lot to like at 14 to 1. It has. Um, I'm not much of a trends man, as you know. But I do like my horses to in this race to have ran over three miles beforehand. And he's, because 12 of the last 16 winners... Um, have ran over two miles seven or further before facing this and he was over two miles a long time before going up to two miles five now he could well stay but i just i'd be concerned about him a small bit um i'm not mad about the front end of this market at all i think fakir is too small if it's small doubt about statler staying tory graph on the ground barbados books i don't know what he's done so yeah i'm still happy on pat's fancy i won't go on again like i have all the 15 million times about him but uh, you can't you want. it's only drifted like 66 to 1 now if you if you still row it in <laughs> if it's still fancy and Rachel Blackmore booked so look imagine, um, imagine the scenes I've had a few each way bets on him the fact that he's lining up is nearly a winner at this stage Dean and he, um, I just get to sit back and enjoy this now because he's just uh, he's giving me a fun year accidentally I must give a mention to Champagne Superova, who was definitely expected to do a little bit better than it has this year. They got it lined up in the Albert Bartlett here for Ollie Murphy and Aidan Coleman. I think that'll outrun massive odds as well at 66 to 1. But it's Adramel for me. I think there's a big run in that one for Tom Lacey and Dickie Johnson. And if Pat's fancy wins, uh, you'll be the host of this podcast forevermore, Dermot, because I will leave. I'll have to um, retire, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Gold Cup. Uh, the Welchard Cheltenham Gold Cup, 305. Um, I'm going to side with Champ, as I've said, in a few different um, mediums, most of the, <laughs> mostly this one. Um, but Champ will do me uh, for Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville. But we've got a really good race. Really, really, absolutely top class race. Um, I think it is between the first three in the market. I love Manel Endo and um, obviously his form got a bit of a franken today. But sure um, I'm not sure about him on the ground at all. I think he, he wants it softer than that. I think Royal Pagay is going to be taken off his feet. Um, and the rest of them, I just wouldn't give them much hope. As much as I love Santini, I think the, um, on fast ground, I think he's in trouble here. Um, so I have it down between the first three, and I think Ape Potard, that's stable, and Rachel Blackmore in such a role, they're big threats, but I can't look past Albin Fododin. He's done it all on all different types of ground, and I think he'll, uh, he'll take a lot of stopping. You think he'll win three gold cups? That'd be pretty amazing if uh, Willie Mullins and Paul Townend pull it off with Albu and Photo. And certainly he is the one that, that everything has to get past. I wouldn't give uh, Rural Pagale, um that complete Bismarck that you have. I think that's a horse on a roll. I'm delighted they're going here. And uh, a little bit more juice in the ground would have helped, perhaps. But I still think he'll run a big race for Charlie Deutsch and Venetia Williams. But it's champ for me in the Gold Cup. And we don't have long to wait until we find out who does win that. And if Albu and Photo does it, well, what a story. Anything for the Hunters? Absolutely nothing, no. I thought Billaway a win, but I mean that's what you can read that in any newspaper, I'm sure. So we we may as well move forward from there. Um, okay, let's talk about the mayor's chase. Um, for me, very interesting that Cole Reeve has come over. I don't have this mayor down as one that likes Cheltenham, so LMA I think will be very very hard to beat, and it's odds on. Yeah, the exact same. Obviously, the uh, the huge run behind Alib. Alaho now is completely franked. Um, so super, doesn't it? Yeah. So LMA at um. 
a 10 to 11. I have no interest in taking her on whatsoever. No, um, I think she'll win. And I think uh, I thought Cole Reeve, you might keep the price a little bit exciting, but that's just been blown out the way of water. So <laughs> uh, Mark Walsh, J.P. McManus, Willie Mullins, uh, they should be taking uh, this mare's chase, the new edition. Uh, what about then the finale last year? We were all in on the bosses, Oscar. Um, he hasn't let us down today, but he was very unlucky in this last year. And then you look at what's in this contest. Um, it's not a race I'm going to be trying to get out of. I'll be, I'll be done and dusted before this demo. Um, I've two. I, I've been mad about Gabinaco for a long time. Um, I've put him up at twenties now a few times on the podcast. And the previous night, he's now eight to one. After that, um, yeah. he's tied in very closely with uh, with Bob Ollinger. And uh, Blue Lord was just ahead of him that day, so that was a serious run because Blue Lord would have finished second had he not fallen. So that's an absolutely serious run. So he's eight to one now, and I think that is still value. I think he's he's the best horse in the race. And Gavin Cromwell's horses are flying. And then the other one, just to give a mention to, is Mill Green, who was um, unbelievably unlucky last year. And he's 25 to one here. So I think he's he's worth an each way bet as well. Yeah, I wasn't going to let you go without you uh, giving Mill Green another mention after we talked about that so often on the podcast. Okay, that will wrap up the final day. We'll come back and have a chat about how they got on and how all the protagonists did on Gold Cup Day here on the race hour. And uh, Damo, best of luck tomorrow. Cheers, Dean. Cheers, Dean. And the nap of the day is um, is Gabby Nacko, Dean. Gabby Nacko, the nap of the day for you. Do you know what I'm going to... I think I'm going to go 50 ball. Just class, class, 50 yeah. ball to bring it home. All right, we'll do it all again tomorrow. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, Tony Betts all the way through the Jumpman Festival 2021. This episode of the Race Hour was brought to you by Tony Bet, our Cheltenham Festival sponsors for 2021. And whether it's the latest trends or hottest festival tips, don't forget to visit bookmakers.co.uk, where you'll be covered with top-notch insight before and throughout the week. The Cheltenham Festival 21 on the Race Hour, brought to you by Tony Bet.